0: Hi, I'm Brother Matthew Nymeria and welcome to the Leeds Light Blues podcast. Hello and welcome to the Leeds Light Blues podcast. You are joining me, your host, Brother Matthew
1: Nymeria, and with me tonight... Brother
2: Josh Doxy Tumble, Brother Matthew Wharton.
1: Brother Dean Leach.
3: Brother Stephen Patterson. Stephen, welcome to the podcast, your first time ever. It is indeed, thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is uh, Brother Stephen Patterson, I'm currently the uh, Senior Warden and Master Elect of the Lodge of Stability, number 7374, and we meet at Castle Grove Headingley in Leeds, West Yorkshire.
0: Awesome, and Stephen, we were actually talking about you on the podcast last week, you are meant to be going into the chair of your lodge, as of when that's going to be, we have no idea.
3: We don't know when it's going to be. At this stage, we have made the decision to postpone it until next year. It was going to be next week. Uh, our installation is oh, wow. our installation is the first Wednesday in April of every year. And just because we don't know what's going to happen, uh, it was just the sensible thing was to uh, postpone it for, for 12 months.
2: The positive thing there, though, is that you will officially be the longest ever Master Elect. <laughs> <laughs> this...
3: <laughs> this is an accolade I'm willing to accept.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, so uh, brethren, have we all got our glasses charged?
4: Glasses charged in the south.
0: And are we charged in the west, anybody? In the west. Excellent. Then, queen. The
1: and queen in the, the craft. Queen, the queen, the queen and, and the craft.
0: Queen in the craft. <sighs> uh, today sponsored by uh, the uh, Bowmore Islay Single Malt Whiskey Company. What we got today, fellas?
3: What we drinking? I'm currently drinking uh, McEwan's Champion award-winning premium beer, which is like a uh, a dark, strong beer. It's nice.
4: I have a full crate of Beer 52 assorted beers. Uh, currently, <laughs> currently, magnitude of thought, a <laughs> New England session IPA.
1: Oh, very good. D. Uh I'm on a fear. Oh yeah, yeah. I think that's how you spell it, oh, O-P- yeah, yeah. O-P-I-H-R, I'm not that sophisticated, but I do have Fever Tree um, tonic, so yeah, oh. I've got plenty of that. Excellent, and Matthew, what's the non-alcoholic beverage today?
2: Well, I'm on a pint of Yorkshire clear today. <laughs> Yorkshire clear? Water. Ah, I don't
0: know,
4: very good. Can't still pop in my house. Very good.
0: We've got quite a bit to get through to uh, tonight, and um, what we are going to do is talk about Freemasonry on the telly, Freemasonry uh, in movies, in, on TV, uh, references in cinema, that kind of stuff. Uh, but Before we get to that, we'll talk about what's been going on this week, obviously, uh, in the news. We're all now officially at home, trying to make sense of our lives in the uh, in the confines of our house, going outside only once a day to do some good exercise. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So, uh, some of you may have heard some of the unfortunate news. Actually, that we had a um, food bank in Nottingley, which isn't too far away from where we are, which had the uh, the some of some food stolen. In fact, it had been raided by thieves, and they'd, they'd, they'd stolen usual sort of donations that's given by the general public. Luckily, obviously. Freemasonry being a, a, a reactive um, force in the community, given where it's needed. What we've actually gone and done is we've gone and given a thousand pounds worth of a donation, basically to ensure that they can get back the essentials that they need. It was about 500 pounds worth of products that were taken. So, sanitary products, toilet rolls, ridiculous enough as that is, uh, around the value of about 500 quid. And we've we've actually given that back to no, the that?
3: I didn't hear a thing, though. You no,
0: know, uh, it's 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 absolutely crazy. I mean, uh, <clears throat> how how low you have to stoop to stoop to, to steal from a, a food bank is, is beyond me.
1: Yeah, uh, there's someone else that's stolen um some freezers from a school, actually. With all yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. I've heard, I don't know where that is in the country, but yeah.
0: So anyway, the good news is, as I say, uh, West Riding Masonic Charity is contributed an immediate thousand pounds donation to ensure that those in need have the access to the essentials. So it's another example of the speed of relief that Freemasons can offer those in distress. I'd like to raise a glass, actually, to um, the West Riding Masonic Charities for being in need for that particular cause. Yeah,
3: here. West Riding,
2: West riding yeah,
1: Masonic up. Charities. <clears throat>
0: Elsewhere in the news, we've also had the... The Fleet House Light Blues Club, who have posted a very good, well-put-together video of that saying isolation doesn't have to be boring. And they played past the toilet roll. And if you look at their particular page, we shared it on our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash light blues. And if you go on there, you can see the video that they've put up. We've actually shared it. And it's a great just a little bit of fun uh, showing some of their guys who are obviously working from home I suspect a little bit of cabin fever going on, I think, in a couple of places. Blackadder fans, you might re- remember when in the trenches he uh, he put a towel over his head and stuck two pencils up his nose. Wibble. Yeah, Wibble. <laughs> yeah, one of them's doing that with a full set of Masonic regalia on. I'm, I'm just watching that now. Oh, we've got a KT as well. There's a couple of KTs there. Using the swords as, 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 as a as a bat for the for the toilet roll, passing it around. So uh, yeah, making the good use of time there. Just trying to keep us, us all entertained. Thank you very much to the Fleet House Light Blues Club. Let's give them a toast. To as the well. Fleet, Fleet House, Fleet Light, House Blues. Light Blues Club.
3: Fleet House, Fleet House, Light, Fleet Light, House. Light Blues Club. Fleet Blues. Cheers, lads.
2: I also thought I should mention that the um, I came across on Twitter that there is a, actually a Masonic board game that there there is being established at the moment called On the Square. Okay. Um, which is a click a role and play game based on Freemasonry, and there's going to be a Kickstarter very soon. So I think we'll we'll keep everyone up to date with that because I'm sure we'll all be keen to purchase it. Is it like
0: what what will what it be like? Is it like Monopoly or?
2: Um, I think it's like a, a board game where you actually play the role of a candidate going all the way through through your ceremonies, but I'm not quite sure how. It works, yeah, because obviously they're, they're still, it's still in production, but it looks absolutely fantastic I mean, from be, some of the photos that we've seen.
0: You've got to work out how to get the goat involved, of
4: course. I mean, <laughs> Brother Rameth was telling me about a card game, a board game I really want to play, called Illuminati, the game of conspiracy, where where your aim is to gather <laughs> sort of enough connections <laughs> and resources to take over the world. It sounds like great fun.
1: Alright.
0: Alright. <laughs> Well, wow, okay, fantastic. Uh, just going back to other stuff that's been going on uh, on the West Yorkshire Freemasons post, uh, Facebook page. They put on there, uh, uh, kind of to rally up the answering call for the NHS volunteers that the government are asking for. Obviously, so, friends have put up on the face on the West Yorkshire uh, West Yorkshire Freemasons page. The NHS needs our help, volunteer and help 1.5 million people stay safe, deliver medicines from pharmacies, drive patients to appointments bring patients home from hospital, make regular phone calls to check on people isolating at home. Volunteers must be over 18 and fit and well with no symptoms. So if you're interested in that, then obviously go check that out. That's on, that's on there to have a look to see how you might want to get involved. And let's go on to, I believe it's almost nine o'clock.
1: Mm. 405,000 people volunteered in 24 hours for that, Matt. Really? Four hundred and five thousand in less than twenty-four hours. So. Wow! So yeah, already easy. filled the quota. Then that's incredible.
0: I'm sure there'll be quite a few Freemasons along amongst that. Just as we're approaching nine o'clock, then, um, for our listeners' benefits, Matthew, could you just explain a little bit about the time to toast hashtag?
2: Yeah, so the time to toast hashtag was started by Grand Lodge, and what it's doing is it's trying. They're trying to encourage all Masons and anyone else that isn't a Mason. To raise a glass at nine o'clock, hashtag time to toast for absent brethren, but also for our fantastic NHS workers. And just as we're about to go into um, into nine o'clock now, make sure you charge your glasses because it's about to happen now. Excellent. So,
0: brethren, charge your glasses. And I make that nine o'clock, so absent absent
2: brethren. Absent Brethren. Absent the Brethren.
3: English. Absent Brethren. In
2: And NHS workers. I mean, one thing I would like to do is is I do think the communications teams, both in Grand Lodge, Supreme Grand Chapter and provincially, um, under Worship Brother Simster and also Worship Brother Burroughs, they do deserve um, a toast as well to themselves because they have been working tirelessly to try and keep Freemasonry going generally. Um, obviously, you've got the time to toast as well. Um there's now in, within the province itself that all the communication teams across Chapter, craft, and Mark are all working together to mm-hmm. have a streamlined approach in terms of its communications with regard to COVID. And if we could do a toast, they are doing is, a fantastic job.
0: It is a fantastic job. And I, and I love the fact that they are actually coming together and the the, the issue of the joint messages in the way they are. It's, it's good to see. Um, so yeah let's give a toast to them absolutely
4: to the provincial comms team the
2: comms team
0: provincial
2: Provincial communications
0: teams teams. right so that brings us to our next uh, section before we get started on the main topic of the evening which is our shout outs so we have uh, had a few likes since last week on our Facebook page don't forget our Facebook is facebook.com forward slash these like blues you can catch us on Twitter as well Twitter.com forward slash Lisa at Blues. Like us, you get a shout out. Simple as that. Um, so moving to our
1: page. Would I be able to do a quick shout out? Okay, just for a second. Yeah. One, one of our um, brethren in the Light Blues has just been for his um, kidney transplant. And it was quite sudden because we were just out with him on... Thursday the other week before we all got yeah. locked down, and it was quite. I just couldn't believe it when he put on Facebook. Oh, yeah, by the way, is that Manny? It's Manny. yeah, yeah, it's and I was, and I was, what <clears throat> he said, oh, yeah, I'm in hospital, my transplant's gone okay, and everything. And so, so yeah, so to um, brother, to so Manny, Manny Singh, sing, Manny Singh, and so Manny, Manny Singh, sing. get well, get well, soon, get recovered. Get well, See
2: Manny's story is a fantastic one, and, and he's been on dialysis for three days a week. Um, he's a member of my lodge, actually, and, and he, he works effort- tirelessly to try and come to lodge and take, play his part, and he does a fantastic job with his ritual and everything else, and he's currently our senior steward, and we do wish him all the best.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's, it's mental. I didn't even know that that was, that that was going on. I mean, something so yeah. big like that, you yeah, kept that quiet,
1: didn't they? Yeah, well... It, uh... Being in hospital obviously at this moment in time, um, you know, cross contamination and things like that, it's it's quite worrying obviously for his family who'll be worried about him. So, you know, just wanted to show a bit of solidarity there and hope he gets well soon. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Right then, so let's go on to our shout outs. So since the last time we uh congregated we have had some some other some brethren and guests join us. So, brethren, Terry Guest, Samuel Finister, James Gregory, Marcus Greenwood, Ben Dickinson, Chris Morsley, Howard Hanley, Andrew Ward, Raphael, brother, I'm really sorry if I butcher your name, Giuliani, Mark Holsberg, provincial <laughs> Grand Chapter. Uh, Adam Ives, and I believe that's it for this week. So if I missed your name, then call me out on it. Go on the Facebook group, you know, give me a rollick in, and I'll and I'll make sure you get a shout out next week. So, brethren, to our, to our uh, guests, new likes, to our guests, to,
3: to our guests, air. more than welcome,
0: welcome. So moving on to our main topic of the evening, uh, <laughs> we are going to discuss. Basically, we were talking about. Freemasonry in film, in cinema, references in cinema, etc. And I thought, well, what not? But there's no better way to start this off than the most famous one that I think is out there, which I think has got to be a 1995 episode of The Simpsons, uh, Home of the Great, where we get introduced to the Stonecutters, right? (laughs) We all know it. The Stonecutters. So here's a clip of the,
4: uh, we, the do. Song, which we, all know. we
2: Do. We Do. Who controls the British crown? Who keeps the metric system down? We do. We do.
0: Who gets the blackness off the maps? So this uh, particular uh, episode pretty much gave the nod to, to Freemasonry in its own little way. And Interestingly, the uh, the worshipful master or would be worshipful master of this uh, stonecutter's lodge is rather than worshipful master, someone called Number One, uh, which I didn't know was actually um, <laughs> <by> Patrick Stewart,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Jean-Luc Picard himself
1: from so, Yorkshire. Uh,
0: absolutely, yeah, yeah. So that that's uh, that, that's what he's in there. Um, if you watch that um, a particular episode. It's brilliant. You can find it on YouTube. It's all on there. Um, it's it's probably one of the it's one of the funniest episodes that you can find. That they, they have the the initiation ceremony, which involves like paddles and and stuff like that. Not that that's in any sort of relevance to free Freemasonry, but it's it's just a hilarious, light-hearted sort of like um, taking the mick of it. Um, but you've got the you obviously got the symbolism there. Uh, it's just it's just it's 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 great fun.
4: Here's the real phone number to call in an emergency
1: 912.
0: And of course you've got I think one of my, the best scene in that from one of the best scenes anyway for me is where uh Mr. Burns is uh, gets kicked by Lenny and then Mr. Burns he's like he turns around and he's like, Oh no, sorry, sir. And he just turns around and goes, climb the ladder monkey. <laughs> So, Stephen, um, I believe there
3: was a, a, a reference, which which TV show was it? Kids TV show? Yes, as a, a father of a, a nearly four-year-old, um, he's, he's a little bit Peppa Pig mad at the moment. And uh, there's actually an episode, I believe from memory it's episode 57. And uh, the episode is called The Secret Club. So if you can uh, picture the scene, Peppa Pig arrives at her friend's house. Her friend walks out of a teepee wearing one of those masks that just covers your eyes. And Peppa goes along and says, oh, hello, you know, what are you doing? And her friend goes, shh, I'm part of a secret club. You You can only get in if you say the secret word. Yeah, I know. So, of course, obviously my ears pricked up at this stage and um, that that's about the height of it, but um, I think it's definitely better left-watched than trying <laughs> to explain what um, what goes on. But it's, uh, it's def- definitely worth it for a
4: giggle, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm just a big old geek, so I watch tons of cartoons. Disenchanted, the other Matt Groening cartoon, serious Masonic symbology and that, they come out wearing... masonic aprons master mason's aprons
3: wow don't think so not to my knowledge there's a film called the adjustment Um, bureau matt damon matt damon is in yeah no i i I watched the film without knowing anything about anybody involved and there were a few little things that i noticed that i just thought "Eh, there's something very masonic about this and it turns out that the, the chap who directed the film and the cinematography is a Freemason. And uh, there's a particular point where Matt Damon is meant to be sort of increasing his level of knowledge and he's presented with a checkered floorboard and a spiral staircase, which he has to climb in order to reach whatever level of knowledge he wants to uh mm, okay. ascertain. It's 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 one of those. I think anywhere that you look, you can find it, but it's you know mm. it depends where things are. Have you ever yeah, heard of the yeah. film
1: called um, The Man Who Would Be King? I know of it. It's a, it, it's a bit old for maybe some of you guys, but uh, I remember watching it a few years ago. It's basically it's um, set in India in the uh, Victorian days, and two soldiers go rogue. And it's funnily enough, Michael Caine and Sean Connery. And um, so, off the go, mm. the encounter, uh, the go to uh, Kafiristan, I think it is, and they end up essentially becoming leaders of the tribe when Sean Connery gets shot. But funnily enough, he doesn't die. And I'm going to recreate this uh, in getting shot as the pull his shirt open. He's got a Masonic symbol on his chest. And the all oh. one, it's the symbol from uh, or what essentially was Alexander the Great. But when they realised it wasn't actually um, <laughs> anything good and, uh, and he was basically trying to steal all the money, they ended up chucking him on a bridge and then uh, chopping the bits off. And funnily enough, the plot actually starts where Michael Caine turns up as a beggar with his story into Rudyard Kipling's <coughs> office. And obviously, Rojata... Uh... Ah, of course. He was, he there was you definitely go. a Mason. Alright, so... oh,
0: okay. So, obviously, he's he, it's one of those things, I guess, where people... Like, a lot of Masons like to try and put their Masonry into
1: yeah. the
4: work, don't they? And maybe that's just an example yeah. of that. So, no, again, just sort of back cool. to oh, other cartoons sorry, and stuff. I know a bunch of like, Japanese anime and stuff. Yu-Gi-Oh! is... Quite popular when I was a kid, and there's a lot of symbology there around sort of the Egyptian pyramids and the eye um, that appears quite frequently. And the other is Full Metal Alchemist. There is there's a the door to truth. Have you seen this? <laughs> the, uh, the gate no. of truth, I think it's called. No. And it's is a pyramid. There's the sun. Uh, and sort of lots of associated um, symbolism that, uh, that we associate with mercenary and uh, of knowledge there. And obviously behind the do- the gate is just one all-seeing eye.
0: So you've all heard of... You, well, you, you'll all remember... Mm-hmm. You'll all remember Sooty and Sweep, right? Of course. Well, as it turns out, and I didn't know this until very recently, but Sooty himself uh, was actually... Sooty himself is a mason. How do you ask? Yeah, yeah. So and I haven't lost the plot yet. So it turns out that So he's a mason. Can I tell you
4: why Sooty can't be a mason? And uh, let
0: me see if I can find that
4: link. How do you hold a trouser leg up? Why can't he be a mason? Do you, a <laughs> you don't have
2: legs. <laughs> <laughs> he's also not a, a free man because... <laughs>
0: To get this so this, this, was, uh, this was added uh, by the West Yorkshire Freemasons um, Facebook page. And if you have a look at the post, it was uh, Bob Lomas, Dr. Robert Lomas, that we all know, the Masonic uh, Light lecturer. Uh, he, was to, he was welcoming the Chevin Lodge uh, to Twitter. And it's basically, they had the distinction of being the lodge who initiated Sutty. And there is actually a picture of, um, of a brother. I don't, know, I don't know who it is. It's a long time. ago. I think ago. it's Brother Corbett, is isn't it? United.
1: Yeah. Is yeah.
0: It? Oh, okay. And um, it's got <laughs> it's got a picture there of Sutty with a, a master mason's uh, apron around his waist. <laughs>
2: So yeah. do you know the other story linking... I mean, I don't know whether the, whether he was a mason, but you know that Harry Ramsden was, was related to the Corbett family as well. The fish and ship yeah. guy. So it's all linked. The fish and chip guy. Yep. That's interesting. Yep. All the Geisley people.
0: Mm. Well, there is a the, there is a lodge building in Geisley, which I've not been to yet. It's the... Um, I think there's only one lodge. I could be wrong, but I think there's only one lodge that meets there. And basically, it's from what I, from what i gather they have the meeting they then get everyone out and into next door and they, they then move the it, it's basically just a house on the street it's not it's not even like a, a hall or like a room as such it's just it's just like a, a house and then they go back in they, they rearrange the living room or whatever to be a, a dining room for the festival mm-hmm. and then they all come back in so shut if you, uh, if, if any of you listeners uh, are from that lodge or know of that lodge or have visited that lodge, please let us know, because um, we'd be interested to hear a bit more about that.
4: I was watching um, National Treasure earlier. <laughs> Not because oh, of this, just because yes. I've just got Disney Plus. Oh, it yes. was like the first film I saw, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch that. So, well-versed <laughs> in uh, Masonic lore is that film.
1: To, to be honest, I mean... It, For me, that portrays a really, really good um, image of Freemasonry. I mean, I know that some films and media can actually portray a bit of a negative image. I remember seeing a—I can't remember whether it was uh, Morse or—it was like a murder, one of these murder things—and someone had been murdered in a Masonic lodge, and it was weird. I said, "Oh, yeah, well." well, we'll have to let you in and show you this. And, were, uh, and the detectives were saying, mm. well, can you tell me the secrets? And I'm like, well, we can do this and that. But they, they were trying to investigate it and things like that and into the secrecy. And...
0: Oh, I'm not sure if, if, uh, which one that is, but I do know. Do you guys, have you ever watched From Hell? I was about to mention yeah. that. Movie. Yeah. Jack the Ripper, that whole, The that whole, Ripper? That whole thing? Obviously, there's a big conspiracy um about you know it p- could have been a Mason that done it or etc. It's only one of many conspiracies oh, yeah. we're not yeah. fully interested in those but um but the uh the, the basis film with Johnny Depp who's a detective and he there's actually quite a lot of Masonic symbology in that film because I think they actually go into a lodge a couple of times a couple of points. So it's it's a decent film. It's um
2: it's, it's a um, bit of like a glory
4: film Obviously I'm trying to get all thing. these a lot uh, electronic online uh, online lecture set up at the minute and I was, I reached out to which brother Mike Kaisley who sent me quite a polite de- decline, declination, yeah, sent me a quite uh, quite a polite rebuttal and he obviously does all the lectures, he formed for Stonian Lecture about all of these sort of conspiracy theories and of all the uh, uh, affairs of brothers ending up dead and missing and things like that.
1: I, I watched uh a documentary in about it was 1800s uh, in the USA, and someone ended up going missing from a Masonic lodge. William Morgan got rid of the secret or told the secret. Yeah, William words. Morgan. Yeah, oh, it's the Morgan affair. The Morgan
3: affair.
2: So we watched. Yep. We went to see a lecture about that. I don't know. Were you there that one, Josh? I think you were. And um, that's a fascinating story, all about how he wasn't actually a Mason and he managed to convince. A load of masons, who he was, and people just got used to him, and he worked his way up through Freemasonry and then there was all sorts of things and he got arrested at one point and then he disappeared yeah it, it sparked off a large ongoing i suppose um anti masonic there was an anti masonic party at one point, but so, I suppose this is all for a different podcast yeah yeah, yeah that's right, yeah
1: d- just a quick one on that. I mean, I actually carry my i've got two grand certificates but I carry both of them to every meeting that I go to when I'm visiting, just in case someone asks, you know what I mean? But has anyone actually been asked to produce it when they've been visiting? You know, your Grand Lodge certificate. No, but even
4: the Grand Lodge certificate doesn't guarantee you entry into a lodge either.
1: I've been vouched for. Yeah,
2: I've been vouched for as well.
3: Um, On my um, initiation, uh, which was in 2012, September 2012, um, a friend of mine uh, came up from London to attend my initiation and nobody knew him, nobody knew who he was. They didn't know me, uh, they just knew that he was coming and he brought his Grand Lodge certificate with him and he was promptly asked to uh, pro- to, to provide it and he was also taken upstairs and, um, oh, and, and wow. proved as well.
2: Did you know that in in, in 2007... Um, there was actually a grand lodge certificate presented on the wall um, on an episode of Doctor Who. Now, of course, you're not meant to present your grand lodge certificate, but it did make an appearance. Um, and another really interesting one is in the in the opening scene, in the opening credits of The Big Bang Theory. There is a oh, yeah. split second where there is an old um, U.S. ship which has a, a square and compass on it and it's about 13 seconds half uh, into the into the um into the opening credits. Nice little hidden thing there. Is that, a, is that a, was that
0: is that a photo of an actual ship or is it just Yeah, no, it's an actual or... it's an
2: old historic ship. Oh, right. It's the USS St. Louis. Okay. So, there you go.
3: Getting back to the um the Doctor Who theme. Um I mean I, I, it's interesting that you mentioned that Matthew because I was going to mention it myself that around the David Tennant era of Doctor Who. Um, there are a couple of episodes where there are some blatant kind of again for those that have got eyes to see, um, there's one episode in particular where they go to ancient Rome and um, they are you worshipping the old Roman gods. And the way that it is set up is very, very similar. There are, like, there's a pillar on the left, a pillar on the right, and a, a checkered floorboard in front of oh, it with all their wow, answers on it. That's funny. Okay. And, that's, um,
2: that's not the Pompeo
4: yeah, episode, yeah. is
3: it? It's, it's quite oh, interesting. Yeah. Yes. Oh.
2: That's the one that um, Peter Capaldi yes, made an appearance. Yes, he did. I appearance. forgot about that. Yeah. As... Not the doctor.
4: I'd forgotten about that. I was going to say he was, uh, he was, he uh, sold wine business,
3: or something. <laughs> That's Did correct. anyone
2: ever see the Life on Mars episode where the Freemasonry made an appearance?
3: Yes. Oh. It was Ashes the to ashes, 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 actually. Yes. Uh, the one with the doctor. And uh, the doctor is trying to get away with the crime. And the doctor keeps trying to shake Gene Hunt's hand and saying, oh, are are you an all-square kind of a chap? You know, this sort of thing. And Gene Hunt, obviously, is having none of it. And his superior, whoever his... Whatever like uh, DC is, uh, eventually convinces him to join, and he sees this doctor who ends up being guilty of, of committing murder, and that was his way of kind of cracking the case, sort of thing.
0: So, are you all, uh, you will have all seen Bad Boys Two. Yes.
3: Yes. Right. You, believe, <laughs>
0: you, you wouldn't believe that there is a Masonic reference in Bad Boys Two, but there is. So mm-hmm. apparently, Will Smith uh Martin Lawrence use a, a truck in the film and it's got a square and compass sticker on the back bumper. Uh, there's another one as well. Let's go have a look at some more. Uh, have any of you ever seen End of Days? Yeah, Schwarzenegger? Yeah, yes. Well, yes. Well, Apparently there's a line in there that Arnie says and he says now this amulet is from a Masonic order in the former subheaven of the Vatican Knights, the Knights of the Holy See. They await the return of the Dark Angel to Earth. So I mean, until that last bit, it, it, it was it was pretty, you know. I don't know, but it's obviously fictional. But it was uh, again. It's uh, it, that that's in there. What else have we got? We've got the Freemason in uh, twenty thirteen with uh, Sunrise. Oh, uh, Sunrise isn't actually his name. Sean Astin. Sean, oh, the know,
1: Freemason, I think I think the was, film. Yeah, the I, I was going to ask about that. I've never seen it. It's it's. I think it's twenty fourteen, something like that.
3: Twenty thirteen, yeah, yeah, close. Yeah.
1: Never seen it. Nothing. What's it about? Say presented as a
0: modern oh. day Who done it. The Freemason is a one part detective film, one part murder mystery, wrapped in a cloak of mystery and secrecy. While the inclusion of Freemasonry in the film isn't the sum total of the film, it does play a leading role in the telling of the story. This film does a tremendous service in expressing the meaning of association of being a Mason in the classic film noir format. So maybe one to watch. I have to give that one a watch
3: sometime. There is um, yeah. another reference. Uh, if anybody has seen Line of Duty,
1: mm-hmm.
3: yeah, um, I, I often find that Freemasonry doesn't always get the best um, exposure. Uh, it, it doesn't come out particularly well um, on on TV sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there was an episode where the DCI of of AC12, uh, played by a, a gentleman of a uh, from From my own province, he recognizes that uh, he, the person who is being accused of being involved in a like a conspiracy is the Freemason. so his colleagues actually notice that um, the two of them are masons, and that the two of them are are having a bit of a chat and what have you and, and talking about this um, so they actually investigate their own boss because they think that because he's a freemason he's going to cover up for him and when in actual fact their boss does the right thing and actually implicates him knowing full well that um he had um basically committed a felony which as we know is um is is, is strictly forbidden mm-hmm. so in one in one respect that I was watching it thinking that freemasons were all going to be tarred with that brush again but it was re- refreshing to see that um what would actually happen you know if if somebody was involved in some sort of, uh, you know, like murder ring or murder conspiracy, yeah, yeah. they would be, and they would be, you know, there's, there is no protection within Freemasonry from that, okay. you know, and I think that's something that's something that needs to be, um, uh, you know, publicized a little bit more. It's, it's almost a little bit, sometimes in television, it's brought out. Oh yes, this person is Freemason, they'll get away with it. That's that's never going to be the case. Mm.
2: Did anyone watch the League of so, Extraordinary? Yeah, yeah, love that film. 2003 so yes. in that film yeah. um, the Phantom which turns out to be I think it's Professor Moriarty um, he's wearing a Masonic ring but also they go to a meeting room and there's within the panels mm. on the wall of the meeting room there's square and compasses and, and I'm not just talking like one there's several um, so there's Masonic connection there as well
3: yeah
0: well okay here's one for you so this is, this is if, if this isn't Masonic I don't know what it yeah. is right So, The Mummy Returns Mm -hmm. in 2001.
1: Brilliant. Mm -hmm.
0: I think, yeah, I think you might know what's coming here. So, the question is asked by a protector of man and a servant of God. If I were to tell you that I was a stranger travelling from the east, what would you say? Yeah. Right? And then get this. So, Brendan Fraser's character then says, I will tell you that I was a traveller coming from the west to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, yeah, definitely some, yeah. some references there. I think there's a lot of these, a, a lot of them trying to clutch
4: the straws sometimes as to isn't the tattoo the, the shy eye, eye tattoo symbolism on as well? Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And apparently, who framed Roger Rabbit? Give yeah, over.
4: I'm, come who on! Rabbit, I've already scheduled in really? to watch apparently, that tomorrow. So again, it blow my mind.
1: Straws, forget this. The sexiest female cartoon character ever, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Jessica Rabbit, yeah, Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> so, apparently, um, so when you watch it tomorrow, Josh, watch out for the um, uh, when Roger hides in a the theater house and sees a mm. newsreel highlighting a Shriners parade.
3: Oh, <laughs> I remember that. So, there you go. Wow.
0: So there's quite a few in there. So I think I think I think we much round it up for, for, for films and um, Masonic references. But if you can think of any more, um, if you listen to this to this podcast, then um, obviously comment in the uh, on, on Facebook or Twitter. Give us a shout. I mean, we didn't
4: mention the Da Vinci Code.
0: I missed out as well. Some, some big ones. I'm sure we missed loads in there.
4: Andy is oh, all, I mean, always so, rips yeah. me for not having seen. <laughs> I mean, that movie. kind of goes without saying. That film doesn't it? I've not seen it. I've not read the book.
2: No, I didn't you think, think so. so. You've not missed seen, much. I actually prefer angels <laughs> and demons.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good film. I say um uh you McGregor plays a really good part in that film.
3: Uh, true. True. Really good
0: part. Um so Stephen, last podcast that we did, we talked about our top three lodges to visit and with just to put you on the spot. We're going to ask you that question now. So
3: what are your top three? Go. Right. Okay. Um, Not long after I was passed to the degree of a fellow craft, um, I went to Murfield Lodge uh, in sunny Murfield, funnily enough. And I was taken along by the then worshipful master who had initiated me, uh, worship brother Fred Davis, myself and uh, my fellow fellow craft, Jules Boldew, where went along with Fred as guests of um, somebody within the lodge. And um, it was their installation. Now, that particular lodge is twinned with another lodge in Edinburgh. So you can imagine fairly new to Freemasonry, not really sort of, you know, sure exactly what's what and everything else. And he takes me to um, this lodge in Murfield and this, uh, like, like two proper tour coaches pull up and I get about, there must have been about 50 brethren from uh, from Edinburgh. Uh, full regalia, full kilts, the lot um, and, and then we go and it, I mean, it was like, it was standing room only, yeah. you know, it was absolutely packed. So of course, it was my first introduction to Scottish Freemasonry because how they do things is slightly different and um, mm. also they they were all the wearing kilts, and they they wear their apron underneath their jacket as opposed to over yeah, the top. Yeah, they
0: have the uh, Prince, Prince um, Charlie uh, jackets, don't they, as well? That they can wear over the top. That's so correct. Yes, yes,
3: that. yes. And if if you're if you're <laughs> fortunate enough to sit opposite them, you might even catch a glimpse of their working tools. But um, no, it was it was definitely um, uh, that was that was the first eye opener because. They did things slightly different to how we do things. Um, I we've always been taught at the lodge stability to wherever you go, you just do what you do at the lodge stability, regardless of, of what it is. And as fellow crafts, having to uh, you know, walk into the lodge room, uh, everybody else would just walk in. The door was actually in the south, if you can imagine that. So they would walk in. Uh, they wouldn't square the lodge. They'd just walk straight into the middle. Do whatever needed to be done and sit okay. down. Whereas we would always journey to the west, so we would walk. We walked clockwise around the lodge until we were stood in front of the senior warden. Did what we needed to do and then sat down. And there were actually quite, you know, Jules and I. We weren't really sure if we were doing things right or anything else, but um, quite a few people actually turned around and were like, "Oh, there were." They appreciated the fact that we stuck to what we did and you didn't change anything and all that sort of thing, you know, which was which is a small pat on the back for us, if you like, you know. Once we got there, other lodges. To be brutally honest, I've not done a great deal of visiting. So um, where else have I've visited? um, Matt's Lodge, um, Aurora. Uh, I mean, that's it's always an enjoyable evening at Aurora. I've been at um, an installation there. I was also there for Matt's raising. Um, and Aurora and the Lodge of Stability have have always had a bit of a like a kinship. We always try to read really the channel, visit at least between the two of us, you know, because we both we're both Wednesday night lodges at the um, at Castle Grove Masonic Hall, and then the the other lodge really that I have visited is um, Coburn Lodge, another, our mother another, lodge. Another, another um, famous
0: I, mention, Coburn Lodge, now uh, rising the ranks of uh, top visited lodges. Yeah.
3: Yes. Coburn is always a good night. Um, always We're always made to feel welcome. Um, the festive board at Coburn is particularly good. And, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of – one of the things that I like in particular about um, the, the Masonic Hall in Morley is that they have pictures of the um, Worshipful Masters, mm-hmm. like, all the way back. So you've got, like, people in 18-whatever stood there with a oh. the gavel you know, um, where, you know, it, it's, it is, it is like an anthology. It's like, um, it's, it's incredible just to look at the pictures and see how, not just, well, just to see how yeah. fashions change, how people stand. Everybody looks a bit sort of like waxed moustaches and looking really full of themselves yeah. kind of thing. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to see that sort of uh, go along. And it's also great to see the, the um, pictures of uh, the uh, lady masons, that meet oh, um, okay. at Coburn as well. I've often, um, a couple of times, whenever I've told friends and and that that I'm a Freemason, um, some of my lady friends tend to think that it's a bit sexist. And then whenever I explain to them that well, there are women's lodges as well, um, it's, it, you know, they're, they show a little bit more interest right about, and
4: um, that sort of thing as well. You write about the pictures, and it's interesting to see how technology changes through those as well, because. It reaches a point where photography becomes a thing and they deem um, colour photography as a higher art form than Mm. the old oil paintings and stuff that used to get done. And you can see that transition and then transition back again as well, I think,
1: Mm.
4: where sort of colour photography mm. has almost had its day and actually they go back to preferring the old oil painting aesthetic. Yeah, I always found that interesting as I was looking through the portraits. Of, uh, yeah.
3: of course.
1: I've only ever seen that at a golf club before where the, um, you know all the previous captains have had their uh, pictures done. And um, I, I know it got to a stage in the 80s where you could see that, hang on, they should be using colour by now. And they didn't. They stayed with uh, monochrome all the way through. So even like... Pres- uh, pre- Present captain had his photographed, or uh, the men's captain, should I say, had his photo done in mm. monochrome, black and white. Yeah, so you know, just to keep it simple. But it, as you say, you can still see the uh, uh, the fashions change. But that had been really interesting, Steve.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's. I'm trying to think of. Um, generally, we have a, a the largest ability have a, a fraternal visit to Coburn. Um, on the second Friday um, of June, uh, we, we have our last meeting on the first Wednesday in June, and then we, we break for the summer. Um, the reason why we break for the summer is historically, a lot of our brethren were school teachers. And in fact, the fact that Coburn is our mother lodge, mm-hmm. uh, Coburn was actually founded by um, a lot of school teachers from, I think it's Coburn High mm-hmm. School in Leeds. Which is where it took its name from. Um but by all means, um, it's defi- it's definitely a lodge to visit. Um I mean it's always an excellent ceremony. The festive board is trust me, brethren, the festive I board are start, a second to none.
4: I did start to try and arrange a light um, at blues at least for four time courses you know, because so. it it's it also fun. in my top three lodges to visit. So I'm trying to arrange a light blues fraternal visit ah. obviously we're in lockdown at the minute so don't know when that's going to get picked up yeah. but uh i did get a email back from their wishful master in the spam folder of the light blues email account um and i think has since disappeared so i need to get back in touch with that but again it's sort of once all the madness is over and normal services resumed light blues will be having a visit to coburn so, so, yeah, w- where is Coburn? Morley.
2: Oh, Morley It's the Masonic Temple you'll struggle to find if you're driving past. That
4: looks like
1: a date. <laughs> exactly. <center. laughs>
3: That's a secret.
4: No, it's just it's, it's this bizarre turning into a drive.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: a I used to live in Morley, so I think I know where it is. So.
0: Stephen, so, so those are your top three lodges. What's your, um, what's your most memorable raffle
3: prize that you've, that you've ever seen? Oh, well, first and foremost, the word raffle is strictly banned in the Lodge of Stability. Really? Uh, we do not have a raffle. We have a draw, okay. of course, well, of course, well, of course. Why, why is that? What's the um, reason behind that, then? Well, a, a raffle implies that somebody who can ab- afford to buy more tickets can has more chance of winning. So in order to... Um, not have that kind of um, implication. We just have a, a draw, so each brother then in what they are comfortable giving into a brand writes oh, okay. their name okay. on it, and then it just gets put in the, the bucket and is pulled out. The only times that I have won um, have been on my initiation. Right, yeah. Uh, I think uh, it was Justin Bieber, I think. I think there was, there was one other occasion after that, but it was a Cliff Richard calendar.
0: <laughs> we've had the Justin Bieber calendar. So we've got a Cliff Richard calendar now. Can anyone top that? Can anyone top? Maybe we've got maybe we've got some other calendars out there. I don't know. Maybe the best one I've seen is a, a um, an eighteen year old <laughs> bottle of uh, Heinz ketchup, which, funny enough, uh, it
3: was a good year.
0: Absolutely, yeah, great year. Uh, so so great
2: that they keep it in the raffle uh, for the next uh, for the next best, best I did win. One of the, an interesting raffle prize I once won was um, a book by Dicky Bird about regaling cricket, um, and I think that was at Aurora Lodge. I won that one, and it was signed.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, there was a cricket bat as well. They got, they got signed off time. In fact, we I think we I can't remember if we optioned that on our casino night or our Trafalgar night. I can't remember which one. But anyway, it was.
3: Just just to uh, carry on on the, on the Dickie Bird theme, um, what? many moons ago in another life, um, I used to play drums for um, a cricket-themed <laughs> punk band. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Oikot. <laughs> and uh, we, we had two songs about Dickie Bird. We had a song called Dawn of the Dickie Birds. Oh. And uh, we also had a song <laughs> called oh, The Umpire Strikes Back. Nice. Which of course are all available for your perusal on YouTube. Oh,
0: excellent. So what was that? What was the name of that band again?
3: Jeffrey, Jeffrey Boycott. Boycott. We did send um, a copy of the first LP to Jeffrey Boycott, but we didn't hear anything back.
4: <laughs> I found Not it. Even, no. Jeffrey Boycott. Totally
1: don't,
4: <laughs> don't punks in white. No, nothing. <laughs> Dawn of the Dicky Birds.
2: Brilliant.
3: Anyway. Perhaps one of those could be <laughs> our closing theme. So that's, I am not actually play on Dawn of the Diggy Birds, that's the, the first drummer, Brilliant. I was the second drummer, uh, currently under their third drummer at the moment. So
0: um, for, us, for, for some of our listeners who may be listening overseas, perhaps um, you'll notice that Stephen has slightly different accents to, 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 to some of us, uh, so Stephen's obviously from Northern Ireland, what's the Northern Irish
3: masonry like Stephen? I have absolutely no idea. We'll, we'll need to find out then, won't we? No, I, I, I can actually talk a little bit about um, Northern Irish Freemasonry. So Freemasonry in Northern Ireland is comes under the Grand Lodge of Ireland, as yep. opposed to the Grand Lodge of England, which sounds a bit of a contradiction, given that Northern Ireland is part of Great Britain. Mm. Historically, doesn't really want anything to do with the Republic. Okay. Uh, that,
0: that, that is interesting. So... Is that the whole,
3: of, the whole of Northern Ireland and the
0: Irish jurisdiction? That's correct.
3: <laughs> wow, okay. Another thing is um, under UGLE, United Grand Lodge of England, if you were an Orangeman and you wanted to what join the Freemasons, what, what, what you would not. Be. So an Orangeman is the Orange Lodge from Northern Ireland, which is a um, Protestant oh, fraternal okay. right, group. Okay. Got you. But they're the ones that they they wear an orange sash uh, they parade generally on the 12th of um, 12th of July every year um, and they celebrate the Battle of the Boyne in 1690 which is where King William um, overthrew um, his enemies at the Battle of the Boyne now the irony is that Kil- King William was actually um, a Catholic and had the backing of the Pope and the reason why uh, the Orangemen were Orange Men Wear Orange is King William was yeah, Dutch. Okay. Yeah. So orange, orange being That's the color of Holland. To
0: go to um, um, Amsterdam on King's Day when they get all the uh, when they get all, the, all yes. the chairs out on the street and it's just it's just the whole national holiday. They'll just go they drink and go crazy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I've been um, there. It's is. It's awesome. So um, the Orange Lodge was formed by three master masons. I can't remember exactly what year it was, so there are obvious kind of Masonic connotations within um, the Orange Lodge. Now, if you wanted to join the Freemasons in England and you were already an, an Orangeman, chances are you wouldn't be allowed to join because really? it's seen it's as quasi Masonic. Steven. However, if you were in Northern Ireland and you were an Orangeman and you wanted to join the Freemasons, it's, yep, yeah, come on in. It's, it's not a problem. So you would be sat there with your, you know, with, with Catholic oh, wow. brethren as well as Protestant brethren, being an or, being an Orange who basically swears an oath opposing Catholicism. Uh, so there there are some sort of uh, you know there are mm, contradictions okay. there if you like uh, with regards to how that works, and then you know climbing the ladder within um, the Orange, I believe uh, there's only two um two degrees you, you come in just as an orangeman and then you come in as um it, it's it's something similar to um to chapter I believe it's something to do with the, the purple the purple cord or the purple arch or royal arch something like that. Um, and then you can there we go. And then you can join the black preceptory which I believe is very similar to uh Knight's Templar and within the, the the black as it's known there is a square and compass degree so there there are a lot of um, masonic references within uh, the orange order and you know further up in the black preceptory which you can join later on um, usually the um, an orange uh, an orange lodge will have a flute band attached to it um and those flute bands will generally be well it could be a flute band a pipe band an accordion band whichever or or a brass band but mainly northern ireland is is known for its flute band culture it's actually it was actually my my introduction to to music and being a musician was was through a flute band in northern ireland and um we were the kind of flute band There's, there's two types of flute bands there are Flute bands um, known as melody flute bands who play antagonistic songs to, you know, they sort of know where their roots are, they know what they're there for, and that's that. Uh, we were more like a brass band, but with flutes. So you've got various different ranges. Uh, so you've got from piccolo right down to contrabass flute, which is literally like a massive drain pipe and but the the flip band that I was a member of, we actually won the world championships, so the standard you know was was pretty high. We were not just there to, for a bit of a uh, let 's go for a little parade down here and do this that and the other you know there was a decent standard, and we all worked quite hard you know to to maintain that freemasonry in northern ireland i i 'm not a hundred percent sure i mean my my late grandfather was a freemason in northern ireland i 'm not sure what his rank was; I just know that he was a member of um Cornfields Lodge in Belfast, and not long after he passed. In fact, a year after he passed away, to the day was uh, the date of my initiation. Yeah, so um, literally the the what was it? The fifth of uh, September, twenty twelve. Whenever I was when I was initiated, and the fifth of September, twenty eleven, was the the day that my 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 grandfather passed away. Talk
0: about coincidence! Yeah.
3: About Indeed, <laughs> but unfortunately, um, my my grandmother actually gave away um, his regalia before I showed an interest. You know, otherwise, I would have had his yeah. master mason's apron so, so you, so you and everything some, else that went along with, sort of with it.
0: as far as I'm aware, I'm a first generation mason, so I'm not. Um, I don't have uh, any family that I know of who are, who are members. I don't know if anyone else of uh, any of you guys. That, yeah. Have you got family in
1: the Masons, or do, are you, any of you Lewis's? Or well, we, what was actually strange was when I uh, when I got initiated and they started to do my background checks, uh, they actually turned around and said, um, "Yeah, so uh, well, when was your father initiated?" And I said, "I do not know what you're talking about." No yeah. way. And then I ended up going and seeing my dad and said, uh, "You know." what's all this? Are you a Mason then? And he went, oh yeah, I joined that so that I could uh, get access to a snooker table <laughs> in Bradford. Hey, I am not joking. And what was nice was, uh, and this is uh, the inclusivity of Freemasonry, is that when my mother passed away, uh, my dad was at a loss and I, uh, I said to him, you know, come with me on Friday. So we actually went to my practice lodge, and um, I obviously vouched for my father, and he came in and he sat in one of our practice lodges. And um, our senior, uh, our senior past master present was with Brother Martin Dodgson, Actually, sat with my father for the whole ceremony, and we were doing initiation, mm. and I was the senior deacon. Uh, no, sorry, junior deacon. I was practicing. And, uh, and I was taking the candidate round and, and uh, Worship Brother Martin actually sat and he explained to my father um, how we should do the sign because he couldn't remember he was initiated in the 60s, you know. But um, the thing was, he, he sat with him and he said, look, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Can you remember from your ceremony? He was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was really nice and we sat down afterwards and I said to him, you know, are you going to come back? And he was like, I think I've left it too long. But apart from that, I mean, it was really, really nice. And, and I thought my father well, would have come back, to be fair. And, uh, and I've always said, never, never well, this life. is it. And, you know, when I uh, get into the chair, chair of King Solomon, what, what I really, really, really want to do is I'll get my dad and I'll twist his arm if he's still with us. As if Because I've got four sons. If any of my four sons decide... You know what? I'm going to join. I would, yeah. uh, I'd initiate them on the f- um, on their own in the first, and then for their passing, for their second degree, what I would do is a double second as me, as the the middle, if you like, mm-hmm. in uh, passing my father and my son together. I don't think that's ever been done. To my knowledge, anyway, but I, uh, that's one ceremony that first. I'd love to do. A first could be a Masonic uh, <laughs> record, that. but yeah, I've seen a double second, and it's worked okay. Uh, but I know other people have said, "Oh, yeah, you don't, you don't want to do two at once." But I've seen it done before, and it's it's not too bad.
3: I think um the pa- passing is is one of the only uh, ceremonies really where yeah, you can do yeah, I, I two totally people at agree. once.
1: I mean, I I was initiated. Uh, there were two of us initiated at the same time. I mean, bear in mind, I was blindfolded, so I don't remember a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, and yeah, it was so a bit of a mystery. Foul. So, yeah, but um, I, I totally agree, Stephen, yeah. Uh, I think the second is the only ceremony that you can do, a double, yeah. really. To, to ju- have justice to each of the candidates, to be fair.
0: Yeah. How about it? Matthew, how about you? Any, any Masonic, no. Masonic
1: heritage,
2: heritage in, in my family that I'm aware of, actually, unfortunately. I could um, actually say that the, there was a past um, Grandmaster of, of Freemasonry that I share a name with. Um, there was, there was a, I think he was the Duke of Wharton, who was a past Grandmaster of, of Freemasonry in England. But I'm not, I don't believe I'm related. Very
0: good. So, lastly, uh, yeah. Stephen, you came across a poem... Uh, that was written in the wake of all this coronavirus stuff going on. So, tell us a little bit more about that, and would you be so kind to read out for us?
3: Yes, of course. No, I was just um, I was on Facebook doing the do as as we always do, and um, I just a chap that I um, I don't know personally, but um, we know each other through through dr- we're both drummers, and um, he um, mentioned on a Facebook group that he was looking for a particular piece of kit and I mentioned that I could get it for him and just after clicking on his on his profile I noticed that he was a Freemason so I just made it known to him that I was as well and that I'd make sure I'd, I'd look after him sort of thing. But um, since then we've just kept tabs sort of thing and I noticed that this... Um, Poem was actually on his uh, timeline just uh, just the other day. It wasn't written by him. It was written by um, a chap called Paul Baker. Um, I don't know who that is, um, but I do know that he, uh, the gentleman that that I know up in Scotland, he he had permission to share it. So I'm hoping that it's okay to share. But it's definitely it's definitely worth hearing. Anyway, I'll begin. The door is locked. A gavel sounds. I'm standing on the square. I look around to see my friends, but not a brother there. These times are hard for everyone, for families and friends. As Masons, we can play our part where charity never ends. We made our vows of brotherly love, talk of relief and truth. We are good men made better. Now is the time for proof. We all know of some brethren who are alone or frail. It's time to offer friendliness. It's not the time to fail. Just make a call, a cheerful word. If just to say, how's you? Do you need help, my brother? Is there something I can do? Let's also think beyond the door, way past the tiler's chair. This world's in need and we can help. Let's show the world we care. There's nothing like helping another, forgetting one's own self along. Let's live by those words that we all have heard each year in our own master's song. So when it is passed and we have got through, when brothers can meet once again, we'll reflect on these days, and I truly do hope we can say we Absolutely. are better men. Wow.
0: I'll drink to that, so might it be. So
1: might it be.
3: <laughs> so might it be.
0: And with that brethren. I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll sign off there. Thank you uh, for listening to the podcast. Um, I have been your host, Brother Matt Namiria. Brother
2: Dean Leach. Brother Matthew Wharton. Brother Hi. Josh Doxy Tumble.
0: Thank you for listening to the Leeds Light Blues podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Go and follow us at facebook.com forward slash Lee's Light Blues or twitter.com forward slash Lee's Light Blues. Let us know what you think about the podcast and stay tuned for more.